0: aka Padders, thank you for joining me it is the 31 days of dread the annual podcast event found here on aka pads audio audacity this is where we do one horror movie a day for the entire month of october day three it's henry portrait of a serial killer all right everyone before we get into something spooky let me tell you something trial by fire it's my comic book available right now on indiegogo link in the description and i will see you on the printed page everyone thank you for joining me i am peter adelica aka pad this is your host i'm your boy i'm your pop culture pope i call myself the sketchbook champ because if you follow me on instagram you know that my sketchbooks i they're lit i love doing them and no one can beat the st- uh, sketchbook champ. Anyway, okay, I'm not in the mood to boast for myself because everyone—it's Halloween's coming, and we have to talk about serial killers. And we're in the two-episode block where we're diving into what I believe to the absolute two best serial killer movies of all time. They take the subject matter seriously, and I don't believe. That either of these portrayals, these imaginations, like, you know, these um, projections, we'll call them, are, uh, you know, like they're, they're not comic book, they're not slasher, but they're real. And they go into the psyche in a few different ways. Now, previously, we did the house that Jack built, and I was very clear with the psychology for that movie. It's the actual decision making process of a serial killer. Henry, if you want to see how an environment can mold and create um, it, it, you know a murderer that doesn't have any empathy that is somehow satisfied and and triggered through um, powering himself over women, this is the movie. Now this movie was made in nineteen eighty six. It took about three years. To really kind of get steam, and this is this is somewhat of a relic. This is the old way independent movies would work. That they, they would take years to go through the ranks. Now, if you're not instant success, you're out. But within Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Now, look, this is Michael Rucker We talked about him in Days of Thunder during the uh, the, the Road to 300 a couple episodes ago. Okay. Michael Rooker, who is still in the game, okay, he's he's Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. His portrayal of Henry, with the direction of John McNaughton. Now, John McNaughton too is a legit director. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Great, um, you know, adaptation of a one man show. Uh, we have, what, Mad Dog and Glory, he, he's done a third, uh, Wild Things, Wild Things, awesome movie, Wild Things, spun off into, what, three, four uh, VOD sequels, Mad Dog and Glory, too, is one of them, you know, it's a hugely underrated movie, but look, look, we're talking about Michael Rooker, and we're talking about how he lays this guy out. And he's, he's laying out a, uh, an Oscar-worthy performance through the direction of John McNaughton. And and what do I mean by that? Well, it's exactly what I said in the intro. We're dealing with this seriously. we're And we're revealing a backstory that this guy comes from a, a horrible home. He comes from a really bad environment. And he's been... Th- Spun through the system multiple times, and every time he spun back out, the system doesn't do a great job in tracking him. Now, my biggest criticism for this movie is is the first fifteen minutes, because this is a largely independent movie, highly independent. So we don't have the production value when it comes to gore. You know, the blood just isn't quite there. Uh, this is probably a, a, like a processing issue meaning you know like you're there on set you got someone to do the blood you got someone to make this girl look like she's been murdered and but then we have to shoot it we have to light it then we have to process the film and this is weeks it's uh, you know sometimes it's even months with these independent movies and the way you process the film you know with the chemicals used it's pretty much different every time and you don't really know the effects Of how blood could get picked up and processed. uh, You know, which is why blood in independent movies varies so much. And the blood just doesn't quite sing. Now, if this was a bigger production, they would have went through like a discovery phase to figure out the best process. They're probably, with a higher budget, you would have been able to um, hire people with more institutional knowledge of said film production type, <laughs> and they would just come in with the answers. So the first 15 minutes, we have, you know, like it, we're laying it out. We're laying out that Henry is bouncing around murdering whoever the heck he wants, and no one's stopping him. And then the movie slows down. And if you can get past, like I said, the hokiness of the gore in the first 15 minutes, we're dealing with a slow build. We're dealing with this... Um, almost like a rising tide, okay? We know Henry potentially might murder everyone he's with, all his roommates. We don't really know, but we know it's going to happen. Like, you know, so the entire movie, there's like this anticipation of, you know, like who's going to live and who's going to die with the people around him. But we also see that Henry has a, um, you know, he kind of has a good side. You know, like he's he's normal at times, and because of that, a woman falls in love with him and she herself comes from a broken home, a broken history. Of course, she would fall in love with him. They're both broken characters. So when we deal with the effects of horror movies, okay a movie like this, if it doesn't stick with you, it's worthless. Because it's serious. This is—I know this is a, a weird criteria, but hey, if Midsummer, you know last year's number one movie, like uh, day one movie, I'll say that ending is with you for your entire life. The en- the ending of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer—is with you for your entire life. When I was re-watching this before I sat down to talk to, speak with it about it with all of you. I completely forgot about the movie. Except for the ending. I forgot how we got there. I forget what the what the character uh, positions were. I just forgot. But I knew the last image. I knew how this movie wrapped up. So. If you need any like real time. Like validation right now. This is it. And when I saw this movie. I was late to the party. But this is one of those like great independent movies and i saw this in my adulthood. i feel like i should have watched this movie when when i was a teenager because it's another great example of what to do with a low budget and anyone that's out there i say this every single year if you're into making movies studying and understanding horror to its core will not only show you um very exact razor sharp point type storytelling but it also shows you that within the narrative of a small budget. And having a small budget is a part of the narrative because when you're telling your story, you can only do so much. You can't do anything. Day one, we spoke about Stephen King's it. Okay. Horror never has gone epic, it's only gone close because close is scarier. And I don't know if there's another low-budget horror movie that gets it like this. Because it really, like even the Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't quite compete with this movie. It doesn't. And I know that's unpopular. This movie's special because it's still underground. It's still unknown. And they kind of went down the memory hole. Now, it does have a sequel. I may do the sequel coming up. I haven't decided yet. I might I might do like a sequel pairing. I might just pick two sequels from a previous year or previous episode and give you updates on those. Okay, but everyone, thank you for joining me. It's the 31 Days of Dread. This was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Do yourself a favor and check this one out. I love you and goodbye. Quick Announcement quick announcement so this episode is dedicated to my father R.I.P. Tony DeLuca Tony Ironfeet we love you and we miss you every single day